How's everybody doing, man? I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy, Jalen, and this is where I give my unpopular opinion about sports. Uh, man, when I say that this week brought a lot of topics my way, whether it's NFL, NBA, just the NFL and NBA alone, there's a lot to talk about, man. I'm probably not going to get to all of it because we'll be here for two, three hours. And I know you don't want to listen to me talk for two to three hours. So I'm going to hit the most important things. But, again, I want to thank you for tuning in, man. Episode 28. I've been doing this for a minute now. Uh, I, I, I appreciate it. Again, I, I'm still I'm still a, a tadpole in this pond. And I'm just growing. I'm just growing. I, I, I'm enjoying doing this. And... Yeah, man. So I, I appreciate the love. But with all that being said, let's get started. Is is I guess I'm, I'm just I'm gonna just start firing. You know, is I think the way that we view the Patriots is they're invincible, and and it's not to say that they've earned that. You know, they've been the model of excellence, the model of dominance. They've been at the precipice of greatness. Not even the precipice, because they've 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 been there. They've they've been they've been greatness since Bill Belichick and Tom Brady got together. But and I say that to say, yesterday, as people know, or if people don't know. The Steelers played the Patriots, and I don't know if it was just me, but I thought that the Patriots were going to destroy the Steelers. The Steelers, there's a lot of dysfunction going on with the Steelers. I mean, there's always dysfunction going on with the Steelers, honestly. But James Conner wasn't playing. We all know Big Ben is prone to throw some costly interceptions. They were coming off a bad loss against the Raiders. And both teams were playing for something. Because the Ravens won and... Well, because the Ravens won and the Browns won, the Steelers' spot in the playoffs isn't safe, you know. They can still drop out the playoffs. And they had they were they were playing against their quote unquote rival, the Patriots, because the Patriots always had their number. Hell, Ryan Clark even said it when he was on the herd. The Patriots always had the Steelers' number, but the Patriots and the the, the Steelers is always the team. You ever seen that girl that or that guy that he's just not living up to his potential? Like he's probably he was probably the smartest kid in 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 high school or the smartest kid in college, but yet homie's failing. Oh shoot, I, I was kinda like that. <laughs> that was sort of me. I ain't gonna hold you. Well, I never failed. Except one class. I did uh finish a D and I had to repeat it, but I never failed. But 
I never really tried until after. For people that don't know the school system, and I don't know if it's different around the country, but we have this thing in Maryland called interims, which is pretty much a report card in the middle of the middle of the school year or middle of the semester, I guess you can call it, and. My interims always were horrible, man. I remember one time I got a, I had a one point as an interim. For people that don't know, that's like damn near all F's and D's. Like you have to really try hard. Oh, and an A, because I did have an A and P. But you have to try really hard to get a, get a one, but point <laughs> on an interim, and I had it, and. You know, my mom would always yell at me, you know, you're not applying yourself, do better in school. But I knew the game, man. And I'm not saying, like, I was smarter than everyone, because I definitely wasn't. Uh, I'm intelligent. I'm a smart individual. But, and I know that because, like I said, I would have a 1.0 or 1.3 or a, or a 1.5 at interims, and then once report cards came... I'd have a 3.0, a 3.4, a 3.5. And my mom always said, why don't you apply yourself the whole year? I'm like, why would I? No. (laughs) No, no. But I say all that to say the Steelers are are the, the person in school or at work that you know is smarter than everyone maybe more talented than everyone but they they just don't put it together or they're just failing there's no way you have a team with ben, big ben hall of famer or future hall of famer antonio brown future hall of famer a really good player in juju smith schuster Yes, James Conner wasn't playing, but you still have you still have those pieces, and you have a defense where while the front line is excellent, the back you know the back half is is a little questionable. But you still have pieces. Not to mention, the Raiders are just punting it this year, man. You trade away your best defensive player, or. You trade away your best defensive player. Trade away your best offensive player. You're you're punting on the season. So, there's no reason why the Steelers should ever lose to a team like like the Raiders. Especially this year. So, going into this game, I thought, just like I'm pretty sure most people thought, the Steelers had no shot. Not to mention, the Patriots were just coming off a bad loss, too. And the Patriots... You know, Patriots don't lose two times in a row much often. But that brings me back to my original question and my original point. I think that we as 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 sports fans have this Patriots can do no wrong, you know, glasses. Not show, not really seeing what's really going on with the Patriots this year. Like look at look at all the things the Patriots are going through this year. Gronk can't stay healthy, but that always happens. But even when he when even when he is on the on the field, he hasn't really produced. Their running game 
can't stay healthy. Sonny, uh, Sonny Michelle from Georgia, he's a really good player, but he has the name to stay healthy. Josh Gordon, which I thought he was gonna, he was gonna bust out the seams, but he hasn't really. He's been, he's been, I guess, sputtering. Their, their, their wide receiver core in general has been struggling. The only person that hasn't really been struggling is Cordell Patterson, and he only hasn't been struggling because they pretty much used him as a, as a running back now. Their defense, while their front is good, their back is still spotty. They big, they give up a lot of big plays. And Tom Brady, while it's it's he's still great, and while he's still you know uh, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play, quiet as quiet as it has kept, he's the father time is really knocking on that door. Like he had a chance to win it, and he threw a couple inter a couple interceptions. The final drive, many. I was one of the people like, oh, Tom Brady has a shot. They won. That wasn't the case. They didn't win. He threw some errant passes, and the last play just got batted down. Oh, damn, they got intercepted. It was sort of like a Hail Mary type situation. So I'm just saying, yes, the Patriots are still great. Yes, Tom Brady's still great, but... It's not these the, the Patriots that we're seeing now are not the Patriots of old. They're really not. And it's it's I, I believe it's gonna rear its head in the playoffs. Which kind of transitions to the next game I want to talk about, which was the Thursday night game, Chargers against the Chiefs. The, both of these teams are loaded. Chargers have have you know Philip Rivers, Melvin Gordon when he gets healthy. They have Wallace at the wide receiver. They have both on defense. They have a they have explosive defense. In Kansas City, they have arguably one of the most explosive offenses in the league. Next to of course, next to of course, the Saints. Yes, the 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 pet. <laughs> the Patriots beat the Chiefs earlier this season. But the Chiefs really beat themselves that game. It wasn't like a a, a defining defining win for the Patriots or a, or a soul-crushing loss. Going out of that game, I still felt the Chiefs were better than the Patriots, at least this year. Patrick Mahomes threw a, a couple costly turnovers, especially late. The defense, you know, the defense is trash, which we're going to talk about in a second. But I still think the Chiefs, if, if they play in the playoffs or they meet in the playoffs, I still pick the Chiefs over the Patriots. I am even picking the Chargers over the Patriots. And I... And, and don't don't think this is this is like a bashing of the Patriots. So this is me saying that the Patriots are are done because that's not the case at all. I mean, Tom Brady's while Father Time is slowly tapping on the door. It's not like he's banging on that jump. They're still good, but 
from what I've what I've seen this year, the Patriots to me are not on the Chiefs level. Tom Brady is, but not the not the Patriots as a whole, or the or 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 the Chargers. Just saying. But that was an exciting game, man. The Chiefs and the Chargers. I did. I don't. That that was a tough loss for the Chiefs. Yeah, and the loss to the Patriots wasn't wasn't as bad as as maybe projected, but that loss to the Chargers. Whoo! You're up by 14 with like with like two minutes left, or no, two and a half minutes left, and you lose. That was a great game. That was a really good game. It, that could be an AFC championship. And I wouldn't be mad at that. The AFC isn't as strong as projected. I, if we're looking at rosters top to bottom, of course, you have the Chiefs, you have the Chargers, you have the, the Steelers. Patriots is always going to be in there. But after that, what, the Colts? The Ravens, maybe? The, the, the AFC has always been the weaker, not office, but to me is the weaker conf, I mean, division out of the two, but, or conference, I don't, I don't know what it is, <laughs> but I can, I can definitely see the Chiefs and Chargers in the AFC Championship. And I wouldn't be mad at that. I wouldn't be mad at it at all. Because the Chiefs are better. The Chiefs are, to me, the second best team in the league right now. I'm, yeah, even with the loss, they did lose by one. But when they're off, when they're firing, yeah. And let, let me talk about that real quick. The Chiefs, the thing about the Chiefs, man. And the thing is, the reason why I don't know if they can win the Super Bowl is because, while they have one of the most dynamic offenses we've seen in a long time. On the flip side of that, their defense is atrocious. Their front is, is okay. Their front is nice. They, they don't give up too many big run plays, but they're... They're secondary. Oh my goodness! Outside of Eric Reed, who just no, I'm sorry, Eric Berry, who just came back. They don't have anyone. Hell, you saw in the Chargers game, they give a, the last play of the game, the two point conversion to win them the game. Homie Wallace was wide open. Yet another, I don't know how many, in fact, you remember the Chiefs and Chargers game? I mean Chiefs and Chargers. You remember the Chiefs and Rams game? How many huge plays they gave up? They lost that game, by the way. But how many huge plays they gave up? It's, I think that if the Chiefs don't win the Super Bowl, you can pinpoint it to their defense not being able to sustain anything. Their defense gave up so many big plays to the Chargers. Not to mention, if it wasn't if it wasn't a big play, it was a big penalty. They they shot themselves in the foot. They should have. They were up, like I said, they were up 14 points with like two minutes and 55 seconds left. 
and lost. Like it, it that's that's their Achilles heel, their defense by far. And yeah, I don't yeah. I think that the Chiefs have the team that could definitely win the Super Bowl. No. The Chiefs have the offense that can win the Super Bowl. But as a team, I don't know. I I don't know. Because in the Chargers, here's the thing about the Chargers. (laughs) The Chargers have the team that could win the Super Bowl. Like we all see, they have the big names, they have explosive players, but there's always that yeah, but with the Chargers, we never know what we're gonna get from the Chargers. One minute they can they can put forty one in your head easily and, and hold you to ten points. Next minute their kicker can lose them games. One minute. Philip Rivers looks like the sh- the clear cut Hall of Famer that he is. The next minute, man's can be throwing wild interceptions too. So I don't know what char- I don't know what, what what team we're gonna get week from week when we're talking about the Chargers. But if they are firing all cylinders, that's a team that will be hard pressed to beat anyone. Now. I think that the Saints are the best team in the league. But if you stack up roster to roster, it's really, except for offensively, it's not really close. Okay, let's not say that. Because the Saints are better than the Chiefs to me, roster to roster, offensively. But defensively, it's not even close. And you can even have an argument about that offensively, too. Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, that's, that's no contest. A healthy Melvin Gordon against Alvin Kamara, that's, that's an argument. Coles, uh, his name, uh, the right, the right, the right, the right receiver. I can't, why am I, why can't I think of it right now? It's not, it's not Colston. No, that's, that's like, no. What I'm saying is, if you look at the Chiefs, I mean the the Chargers roster, they can stack up, and you put them against any team, they can stack up toe to toe with any team. It's just you don't know what you're gonna get. You don't know what you're gonna get. You don't know what you're gonna get from Phillip Rivers. You don't know what you're gonna get from their coach. You don't know what you're gonna. Even though he's a he's a good coach, you don't know what you're gonna get from him. Like sort of like a Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin's a great coach, a Hall of Fame coach, but there's yeah, there's times when he can draw up Hall of Fame winning plays. There's also times when he can leave Big Ben on the on the on the bench for a couple of drives late in the fourth and blame it on equipment error. Like, you never know. But, speaking of never know, so the Bears clinched the NFC North, which which they did for the first time since 2010, yesterday. And 
all I could think to myself was, yo, imagine if the I told y'all before. I told y'all last last podcast that I think the Bears definitely remind me of the two thousands, the Super Bowl winning Ravens. Do I think that they're going to win the Super Bowl? No. But after watching them yesterday against Aaron Rodgers, and and no, the the Packers aren't what they are accustomed to being. Aaron Rodgers is definitely having probably the worst season since his rookie year or since his first year as a starter. The patch the patch defense has always been terrible, which we're gonna talk about in a second. But the Bears look dominant. It's just I and I was talking to a Bears fan about this yesterday. I really think that only thing, and it's crazy, the only thing holding the Bears back is Mitch Trubisky. Their running game has come to form. They have the wide receivers. They have, of course, the defense. It's just Mitch. Now, do I think Mitch Trubisky is a bad quarterback? No, I don't think that at all. But do I think that He can cost them games? Most definitely. Hell, you saw the game. You saw it when they played the Rams and he had three interceptions. Yes, the only reason why they won that game is because Jared Goff matched top that with four. Imagine giving up three interceptions to the Saints. Imagine giving up three interceptions to the Chiefs or the Patriots or the Chargers. That's not flying. That's not. Look, that's not going to work. Hell, even the Colts. That's not going to work. And I don't. I don't see. I don't. I just think that when he's on his game, they. Mr. Trubisky could be a really good quarterback, but I don't see no. He's definitely not not on the level. He's not on to me. He's not a great quarterback. He's a he's a quarterback that can be solid enough to keep them afloat. And their defense puts them over the top. That's like if their defense was terrible. If their defense was terrible, they would. They would be. They would be. Uh, Mr. Bisky can keep them afloat. It's kind of not. It's not kind of. It's it's. On a lesser extent, it's sort of like Aaron Rodgers and the and the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, the, the team around him just sucks. Yes, they have a good offensive line, sort of, sometimes, because Aaron Rodgers was taking hell of a sack. In fact, Khalil Mack sacked him with his back yesterday. Did you see that play? When Khalil Mack, like, I, <laughs> there, there are times when Aaron Rodgers' offensive line is Hall of Fame worthy. There's times when they don't even deserve to be on the field. 
Yes, their wide receiving court, you have Devontae Adams, but everybody else is young. Their defense is always. They have. I, th- I think they have like number top five defense and and sacks. But outside of that, you trade away your best secondary secondary uh, player in Ha Ha Clint Dix. Like the Mr. Trubisky is a poor man's. Well. Yeah, he's a poor man's Aaron Rodgers. Has a, a, a pretty mobile. Has a cannon of an arm. The only thing is, I don't think he's definitely not as good as Aaron Rodgers. So how Aaron Rodgers can keep a team like while their team still sucks, he can still put him in playoff contention. Except for this year, of course. I think Mr. Bisky, while he's not. Well, he's he's good, but I don't think he could he could keep a team and play out contention. He can keep them afloat, maybe maybe get them to five hundred or close to under five hundred, like maybe six and no, that's that's six and ten, maybe eight, like seven and eight or seven and nine. But I don't see that's their, that's their defense that's putting them over the top and. Shout out to the Bears for 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 winning the NFC North. I, if you would have asked me before the season who would have won the NFC North, there's no way in heaven or hell I'm picking the Bears over either Aaron Rodgers or the Vikings. However, I wouldn't have also said that they would have gotten Khalil Mack by the end of the season. But hey, what do I know? <laughs> the real question, though, is so. Aaron Rodgers' consecutive pass attempts without interception was broken yesterday when he threw a he threw an interception uh, late in the game. That streak was at 402. Yes, they need a new coach. Of course, they fired Mark McCarthy, but. That's not going to fix their problems. Their problems is so much deeper than that. The problem is, like, imagine if Aaron Rodgers, you know what? Imagine if you switched Aaron Rodgers to Mr. Trubisky. Imagine if Aaron Rodgers had Tariq Cohen or... Khalil Mack and that, that, that defense, Fuller, and who, by the way, I believe leads the, leads the league in interceptions. Definitely as a team, the number one interceptions, but I think Fuller, Kyle Fuller, leads the league in interceptions. So just imagine Aaron Rodgers had the bevy of talent that the Bears have. That would be a scary sight. Outside of Adam Jones and Devontae, Devontae Adams, who else do they have on offense? And outside of Clay Matthews, who do they have on defense? And even Clay Matthews is showing his age. It is definitely slowing down. 
what I'm saying is, yes, they need a new coach, and yes, they're going to get a new coach. And yes, their coach needs to be on the same page as Aaron Rodgers, but this this problem is a lot deeper than Aaron. A lot deeper than Aaron. And a lot deeper than the coach being like a, a new coach. They they need they need they need they need they they need someone competent enough that can bring in solid players and keep solid players. Will they find that? I don't know, but that's what they need. I tell you that. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll definitely see what's what's to come of Aaron. Because Aaron Rodgers is still while he's not in his prime prime. It's like. He went from 100% right now. He's, And, of course, he's still – he's not completely healthy. But when he's completely healthy, his prime at, 90, at 100, the man's probably at like a 95. That's still – you know, that's still great. But I don't know. We we definitely just have to see with, with the Packers because they have a lot. They have a lot to do. Speaking of a lot to do, uh, so the Cowboys got shut out yesterday by the Indianapolis Colts, and I understand the Colts had a little bit more to play for. They're still fighting for their playoff lives. The Cowboys essentially are in the playoffs. If at the start of Sunday they were essentially in the playoffs, but. It's this is this is the thing about the Cowboys. Now, of course, it was the first time being shot since two thousand three. But this is the thing: how much can we really trust the Cowboys? You look back at the history, before after the championships, every year either they get close and don't succeed. They have a huge play that, or a call that either doesn't go their way or just uh, fails for them. If you look, look at the dynamics of this year. Dak Prescott has only thrown over 200 yards just a couple times this year. And if if they're not playing with the lead, or if Ezekiel Elliott's not running crazy, they usually lose those games. I.e., which happened yesterday. The Colts scored, scored early. They neutralized Zeke, pretty much putting the game in Dak's hands, and Dak couldn't perform. And what made it even worse is, like I said, at the start of Sunday, they pretty much had the playoffs locked. Then the Eagles and the Redskins had to go and win a game, win their games. Eagles being the Rams, which we'll talk about in a second, and the Redskins beating the Jaguars. So now, 
while you still have a pretty, you know, light schedule, you have the Buccaneers next. The playoffs aren't as aren't as clear cut as it might seem now. Yes, you're eight and six. But the Redskins are seven and seven as well as the Eagles. And don't think that don't th- all right. So while I don't know if the Redskins will make it, don't think the Eagles aren't aren't looking at what's going on. I didn't. The Eagles know all they need is a shot to be in the playoffs. Do I think they'll win it? Of course not. Do I think they'll make the playoffs? Probably not. The Cowboys probably win, but the NFC East has terrible as been this year. It's not. It's not wrapped up yet. And that's usually how it is. The NFC East usually isn't wrapped up until the last few weeks of the season. I think the exception being like last year when the Eagles were just stomping people. Just just, just know, man. Just know. That, that, that division's not wrapped up. And speaking of the Eagles... This is this is why I cannot pick the Rams to win the Super Bowl. They have the most complete like oh man. I can say they have the most complete team, but they don't. Namesake wise, Josh I mean Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, Aaron Donald, Brandon Cooks. Muhammad Sanu, Fuller, Dante Dante Fowler, I'm sorry, Marcus Peters, uh, what's the name, Akil Talib or something? You have all those players, and you lose. You lose. You lose to Nick Foles. Now, yes, so Nick Foles won a Super Bowl last year. I know, but it's it, their defense really, you know. And I can't even say that because while their defense was really was great last year, the Super Bowl their defense was trash. In fact, what was the final score like? Fifty-two to forty-eight or something. In fact, let me look that up. What was the final score of the Super Bowl last year? Forty forty one to thirty three, you let you got thirty three point your head? No. But damn the Eagles went sixteen and three last year. Sheesh. Well all I'm saying is the Rams I just don't know like Sean McVay is one of the best coaches in the league. Jared Goff is is a great quarterback. Todd Gurley could be the MVP. But Aaron Donald to me is a defensive player of the year. Maybe uh, in running because you know you still have Khalil Mack. You also have quiet as it's kept. JJ Watt has had an incredible season. I just don't. I don't know. Why the Rams have so much talent, 
have Golden State NBA worth talent, like NFL Golden State worth talent, but they be losing the way they lose. Like how they lost to the Saints. Or last night, how they lost to the Eagles. It's just it just doesn't fit the the, the team. Now, it could be because you know, there's a difference between great players and a great team. And I and I've talked about this at nauseum before. Give me a great team over a couple great players any day. The thing that makes Golden State so good is that they have great players, but their great players have formed a great team. If if Kevin Durant was not willing to get off the ball or if Curry all he did was jack, if Clay all he did was jack and didn't play defense, if Draymond Green thought he was the greatest player ever and didn't want to pass the ball, the team would implode. Fairly, like when they first started. But Curry's unselfish. KD's unselfish. Klay Thompson's probably the one of the most unselfish players in the league. Draymond Green's unselfish. And they all just so happen to be future Hall of Famers. You look at the talent on L.A. Ain't no... If if he keeps ascending the way that he's ascending, there's no way Todd Gurley is not going to be a Hall of Famer. There's no way Aaron Donald's not going to be a Hall of Famer. We can have a have a strong debate, and I might have a debate about this sometime in the future. But the Dominican Sue might be a Hall of Famer. Sean McVay might be a Hall of Famer. And maybe Jared Goff. Maybe. <laughs> but there's no way that you have that collection of talent and they can't come together and make make something. Like you lose to the Eagles. The Eagles, by the way, who have had a rough season. Like a, a rough season, especially coming off a of Super Bowl. The Eagles, by the way, who their starting quarterback and Carson Wentz was out with a fractured back. You know, <laughs> I'm in a group chat with a, with a couple people, and one of the people, one of one of them, didn't know why Carson Wentz was uh, was wasn't playing, and I responded, "He has a fractured back. Why the hell did some <laughs> did one of them send the video of uh, of Mike Tyson? I broke my back." Spinal. <laughs> oh, jeez. I was like, yo, man. I was dying. I was dying. <laughs> so, so I'm just saying, man. The Eagles was was chopped liver. They were primed to lose, and the Rams should have destroyed them. They didn't. But they didn't. Is there anything else I want to talk about in the NFL? Cleveland won. Do I think they're better without Hugh Jackson? Yeah. Well, I don't know. 
Well, yeah. Let me say that because while I don't think Hugh Jackson's a terrible coach, he just had terrible pieces to work with. Your quarterback needs to, I guess, believe in you and have faith in you. And I don't think Baker Mayfield did. So, I guess they're better off without Hugh because the quarterback, you, when you lose faith in the quarterback, you lose faith in the team, pretty much. Especially if the quarterback is a number one overall pick, which, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just save that. I'm going to just save that. But, the quarterback is, he didn't believe in him. So, yeah. Cleveland wins wins again. Their defense is potent, man. You have a solid defense. You have some solid weapons on offense. Nick Chubb is good. Jarvis Landry has come 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 to form with Baker, of course. They have talent. More talent than they've had for years when he was coach. I'm just saying. You want to bash the man. Look at the pieces he had. Look at the pieces he had. Uh, what do I want to talk about next? What do I want to talk about next? Should I save? Yeah, I'm going to do, do talk. I'm going to talk about this. So quick. UNC. I told. I don't. I, I did have. I did say that UNC could be a sleeper. As national champions. And while they did get smacked by Michigan and Texas, they beat the number four team in Gonzaga. Now, Gonzaga was out two of two really key places, really key players, one of their best offensive players as well as one of their best passers, but they destroyed them. And it, it, I know probably like a... A 14, 15 point game, but it was a lot. Like, North Carolina really, like, like, just was going through the motions towards the end. I'm trying to tell you, watch out for North Carolina. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a North Carolina fan. North Carolina has so many good pieces. You have Kobe White, you have Nasir Little. Who is already projected to be a top three, no, top five lottery pick. Of course, you have Luke May, who's coming back for it as a senior year. You got Kenny, Kenny Williams. You got uh, Cameron. I forgot his name. It's not Cameron Payne. I think it's Cameron Payne. I'm looking it up for people that are watching this. Uh, Cameron Johnson. And if Cameron Johnson, they 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 have a squad, man. They have a they have a while they have a litany of young players, they also have really solid returning players. The only problem I see with UNC is their front court. Outside of Luke May, their front court is still young. Sometimes they be getting pushed around. Sometimes they be, they just, they're not skilled. Or as skilled as they should be returning. But 
I'm trying to tell you, watch out. Watch out for UNC. I'm not going to spend long on it, but watch out for it. Watch out. Um, Messi. Messi became the first player to reach 500 goals in 2018. Shouts to him. And I really put this on the docket <laughs> because is Messi the greatest soccer player ever? I don't, I know I'm not right now. I'm not well versed enough to have this debate or to even have this conversation. I don't know all the soccer players to ever play. In fact, I really only know the big names. <laughs> but I do know this. There is something to be said about not only greatness, but how long you man you maintain greatness. How long you can sustain being the best player at your position or at your job or at your at your sport. And if you even even if you're not the best player, being close to the top. Because I know there's of course debates on who's better between him and Ronaldo. That's that's stand the test of time. But I don't know if Messi is the greatest player, soccer player ever. But I do know this. I've been on this earth for a while now. And since I've been on this earth, there's only there's only four soccer players' names that have always five soccer players' names that have always come up when we're talking about the best. Four. Yeah. Lionel Messi. Cristiano Ronaldo. Pele. And that other uh, Ronaldo. The one that looks wild, but he's he's crazy. He's, he's a good player. <laughs> Those four have always been in the discussion. And while you have young players like... What's the dude that won the, the, the golden foot? Luka? Luka Monich or something? You also have Mabeep. You also have Neymar coming up. Chichiro coming up. You have great players. Yet, Lionel Messi still great. Not to mention, you still have Suarez on Barcelona. And they're still great. He's still great. So, again, I don't know. I can't I can't be the one to have this conversation is Messi the best cuz I'm not as I'm not as well-rounded and well-versed in soccer as somebody else is. But I do know this. There's something to be said when every time I hear a soccer discussion about greatest Messi's name always comes up. Always. And to me that's that's saying something. That's that's saying something. 
and I, he, he, could, he might be the best. He might not be. I don't know. But I do know this. He's he's pretty much getting up there in age, and he he has become the first player to reach 50 goals in 2018. And 2018's over in a couple days. So that's also saying something. It ain't like anybody else is going to reach that. If they do, shout out. But it's the 17th. Right? It's the 17th of December. That's all I'm saying. All I am saying. Oh. Uh, do I want No. I want to talk about this. So Canelo Alvarez won the fight against Rocky uh, Fielding, becoming a three-division world title holder. Now, I didn't talk about this a while ago because I just forgot about it, but Alvarez signed a five-year, 11-fight deal worth a minimum of $365 million with DAZN. With him signing that contract, Canelo Alvarez, he is now the that is the richest contract in sports history, not boxing history, not fighting history, sports history. And this is why I want to talk about it. I'm a little late to the party, but I'm still going to talk about it because of this. This DAZN, I don't know. If I think it's just DAZ and Dazen. I don't know. But I do know this. This, to me, is the end of pay per view. Maybe not the end, but the beginning of the end of pay per view. Do you know how easy it is to stream things now? People don't want to have to pay all that money. For pay per view, just to just to just it. All right. So, would you rather pay seventy five, eighty dollars for pay per view, right, or forty five, fifty dollars for a streaming service where you can stream it anywhere? I didn't even know. It's crazy. I didn't, I really didn't even I forgot that Canelo Alvarez was fighting uh, last week. But when I saw, it, I was like, "Oh yeah!" And he he beat homeboy in like the third, fourth round. Like, and no, that wasn't the best, the greatest fight ever. But that that just shows. How important streaming is now to boxing, which is always which has been labeled, especially in the last few years, as a dying sport. That also shows how integral Canelo Alvarez is to the boxing world. The man signed the richest contract in sports history. Not LeBron James, not Kevin Durant, not Stephen Curry, not Aaron Rodgers, not Aaron Donald, not Tom Brady, not Lionel Messi, not Cristiano Ronaldo, 
Canelo Alvarez signed the richest contract. A boxer signed the richest contract in sports history. This is so monumental, not only for Canelo Alvarez, but for boxing. And for DAZN. Dazen. I don't know how to pronounce it, even if it's pronounced like that. I'm going to say DAZN. This is the start of a new era to me in, in, in boxing. This is one of the most important boxing matches of all time. Because it's pretty much to me, it's pretty much the end of 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 the old school. You know what it is? Boom. To me, this fight was like the Introduce the introduction of the iPhone. Yes, there's still flip phones and there's still other type of smartphones. There's still people that's going to be paying for pay-per-view. There's still people that are going to find ways to watch that's not streaming. But when the iPhone came, it revolutionized the way that we talk on the phone. In fact, it revolutionized the way we looked at the phone. Before, I didn't really care that a phone had a calculator. I didn't really care if a phone could take pictures. I didn't really care if a phone could do this, that, and the third. I didn't really, we didn't really use a phone to text. We used a phone to talk on the phone. Uh, We used a phone to send things. Like, we didn't use... The phone, we didn't use, we didn't think of the phone being as capable as it was until the iPhone came. The iPhone made so many things obsolete, it's crazy. And I think that's, what's, that's what this deal, Canelo Alvarez's deal, and this DAZN deal is to boxing. This is the introduction of the iPhone. No, like I said, pay-per-view is not dead. Pay-per-view is 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 declining. Pay-per-view is maybe not as glorif- glorious as it was back in the day. But this is this is huge. And and watch, this is just the first domino. This Canelo Alvarez deal is just the first domino. No, I don't think anybody's going to get a 365 million dollar deal, but when your first signee out the gate is that when your first signee out the gate is 365 how many boxers are now going to be like you know what I'm not going to do this Showtime deal let me go with this DIZN deal and then watch DIZN's prices aren't going to be as 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 high as pay-per-views prices which means more people are going to tune in which means you're going to get a lot more fighters and what i'm saying is this is to me one of the biggest sporting events especially for boxing in the history of sports and just watch just watch that's i'm trying to tell you i'm trying to tell you nobody nobody cares about the fight man it was it was an okay fight Nobody cares that 
nobody cares that it wasn't the most entertaining fight. We just, but we just saw, to me, in my opinion, we just saw the start of the future. And and this this might even go, this might even expand larger than boxing. Hell, NBA streams their games on YouTube now. YouTube stream or YouTube TV. This is just this is this is this is it. Don't be surprised if in the near future DAZN starts streaming and airing MMA fights. I'm just saying, just just watch. This is a lot bigger than people are show are saying. I'm just trying to tell you guys. All right, let me let me go in the NBA. Let me let me just go go in the NBA. Let me let me just tell you. Let me. Oh man, I'm gonna show you. This is what we saw between the Wizards, Memphis, and Phoenix. Is the epitome of incompetence. So the Wizards, Suns, and Grizzlies agreed on a three-team deal, sending Trevor Reza to the Wizards, sending Kyle, I mean Kelly Oubre, and Brooks, I'm just going to say Brooks right now, to Phoenix, and I believe sending Austin Rivers to Memphis. problem with that was I guess Memphis didn't tell didn't give a first name to Phoenix <laughs> they just said Brooks and they sent over Marshawn Brooks and Phoenix was like whoa 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 hold up whoa 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 hold up hold up Y'all thought we were getting Dylan Brooks. <laughs> I thought we were getting Dylan Brooks. Hold up now. Hold up, hold up. We don't want no Marshawn Brooks. We want Dylan Brooks. Memphis was like, nah, bro. We said Brooks, and we giving you Marshawn Brooks. So then Phoenix was like, oh, nah, nah, nah. Forget all that. Nah, to hell with that. Nah, deal's off. So, and Washington's over here sitting back like, what the hell? <laughs> We're throwing Scott Brooks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That, that really shows you just how low Wizards, Phoenix, and Memphis have fell. Now Memphis is on the rise again this year. They they actually have a way better team than last year, but that just shows you, man. And, oh man, how do you not know which books you getting in a deal? I, I've never I've never heard that before. I've, I've never heard that before. <laughs> but Wizards and Phoenix did turn around. And just said, forget the forget the third team. We're gonna do straight up Trevor Reza for Kelly Oubre and Austin Rivers. 
while I don't like Wizards giving up Kelly because he was a, a spark plug off the bench, they knew that they couldn't afford him. Especially with his when his contract was up, you're paying Otto Porter, which I don't know how many times I have to say we need to get off that contract. I know it's almost damn near impossible, but we need to find a way. We are paying Otto Porter max. We're paying John Wall the super max that hasn't even kicked in yet until next year. And we're paying Bradley Bill the max. There's no way in heaven or hell we would have been able to afford Kelly Oubre. And just forget Austin Rivers. He hasn't really done much this year. But I think this was a good move, man. Again, I, I don't like losing Kelly, but I knew it was coming. But to get Trevor Ariza, we needed a, vet a veteran presence in the locker room. And Trevor Ariza is damn near one of the best veterans in the NBA. He's still... One of one of the best three point shooters in the league. He still play while he hasn't played, you know, the lockdown defense of old. He's still a great defender. Hell, look at look at uh, Rockets as he's left now. How how they plummeted in, in the defensive standings, but the, the Trevor Reese is back, man. Trevor Reese is back, and I think that's big for Washington. I think that's exactly now. Do I think that Washington is gonna? going to be a quick turnaround hell to the no but i do think that this is huge for washington this is exactly what washington needed to get on track and i do i i think for phoenix i don't, I don't phoenix phoenix doesn't have a direction in fact let's talk about phoenix for a little bit so the sun's owner asked the public for half Half the like threatened if he doesn't get half, you know, like it, so out of 230 million dollars, he's asking the public to pay for a hundred and like 50 million for new renovations of, of a stadium or arena. And if he doesn't get it, he threatened to leave Phoenix. And the worst part is like. What the hell? Why would why would it why would a city want to pay for a trash team? They've been trash for for a while. They ain't been good since Amari and and Steve Nash laced it up. So why would it? You you saw that Greta lady, the old chick that pretty much like wore into the owner at the like town hall meeting, talking about like. <laughs> she was like He's so tight with money He squeaks when he walks <laughs> All I'm saying is Phoenix has a lot of crap going on man They have two good players And the rest are are Marginal at best We don't know what Josh Jackson's gonna be They have Kelly Oubre now But we'll see how that goes And I'm not even saying that to be You know just because Kelly Oubre is gone off our team. I'm just saying that because Kelly Oubre is now definitely going to be needed more. And we'll see how he does. Not saying he can do it. Not saying he can. I don't know yet. But they have Kelly Oubre. Outside of Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't build a team around any of them pieces. 
So you're asking the public for how? I mean, and and this is what I hate about owners sometimes, man. Man, you can afford it, man. Just pay for it. You're a billionaire. There's no, 250, no, 230 million ain't nothing to a billionaire. It, I don't know, man. It, it's, it's, it. I know this. Phoenix sucks. And it's wild. I'd still trust, like, the Wizards' future over Phoenix's future. And the Wizards have some of the worst contracts on that squad. You still have Jan Mahimi, who has a terrible contract. You still have, like I said, Otto Porter. John Wall's terrible contract. You have Bradley Bill's terrible contract. Do people forget Dwight Howard's on that team and ain't ain't really played a lick. Like I still trust Washington's future over Phoenix's future. And with all that, you still asking the public to pay for half and threatening to leave, and then I'm gonna come out and say, I never said that. I promise you, we're not leaving Phoenix. But then people on your staff was like, nah, he, he said that, bro. <laughs> he, he said that. Shit. Don't, don't believe it. He said that. It's, I, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's funny to me, man. It's funny how, how wild that, how, I don't know. Uh, let me see. I don't need to talk about. I mean, Clippers. As we know, Clippers made a are making a push to get Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard. Who who isn't? They they're going to be two of the top free agents this summer. Who everybody's going to want them. I think the Clippers are only in the news because they're sending people to like seventy five percent of Kawhi Leonard's games, and they're in L A. They're not. You know, they're not the Lakers, of course, but you know, I don't know. Everybody wants Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard, so I don't need to stay on that. LeBron James and Lonzo Ball recorded a triple-double the other night. Not last night, because last night they got destroyed by the Wizards, shouts out. But they recorded a triple-double the other night, becoming the first duo to record a triple-double since Vince Carter and Jason Kidd back in 2007. And they became the first Lakers to record a triple-double since Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Shouts out to them. I still think Kyle Kuzma is better than Lonzo. And I don't even think that's debatable. But if you disagree, I guess let me know in the comments. Uh, I heard... There was a report, or there was a, there was an article on ESPN that I read that Luka Doncic could be the next James Harden. Hell no. <laughs> uh, don't get me wrong, man. Luka's a great player. Luka, there is a lot of similarities. The way that they use their bodies, the way that they're able to especially create separation with the step backs. They're, they're, both of them aren't the fastest players, but they do both have a very quick first step. They also both, I believe, are the top percentiles of stopping on a dime to, to get a shot off. I do, I do understand that, but James Harden is arguably one of the top five shooting guards of all time. Arguably. Arguably. I, I, I just hear people now, what do you say? 
Tough what? I, I arguably. And he's still he's still ascending. I don't think Luke can get there. Yes, Luca is a great, great player. Don't get me wrong. But nah, not the next James. Yes, again, they have similarities, but not the next James, man. Definitely not the next James Harden. Good one though. Good one though. Uh, I guess the last thing before I get to the unpopular topic of the week is Markel Fultz's mom puts cameras in his home and makes everyone sign a non-disclosure agreement. I'm not going to stand this long. I'm just saying that that man has a lot going on outside of basketball. A lot going on. And I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's mental. I don't know if, and we talk about Markel Fultz a lot now. I, I, that, that to me is wild. I don't I don't know. He just has a lot going on. I don't know what, what he has to do. He just needs to get his mind right. Well, he needs to get his mind right and his shot together. And I don't know. I don't know where. I don't, first of all, I don't know how f this all turned so fast for him. From being the number one overall pick to now. Having one of the most, un being one of the most untradeable pieces because nobody wants him. Not because his contract's bad, not because he has like all like. It's just nobody wants him. He's, he's, he, for lack of a better term, in NBA standards, he's trash. And I don't know. He just Markel Foles has a lot going on with him and. This is just yet another story, another another incident that is that's very questionable as to what? And I get I get what his mom's trying to do with the non disclosure agreement, I understand that. But putting surveillance? I I don't know. I'm, that's not my family. It's, 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 it's a weird dynamic. It's weird. Markel Fultz, it's just crazy how how quick he fell from grace, to be, to be honest. But with all that being said, let's get to the unpopular topic of the week. Welcome to the Unpopular Opinions. Unpopular Opinions. Have unpopular opinions. Unpopular opinions. Okay, so what's an unpopular opinion? Unpopular. Popular opinions to utter such blasphemy. He's got the nerve, the audacity, the unmitigated goal to echo such blasphemous nonsense. Just blasphemy. So many people knew this was coming. <laughs> For people that know me personally, they know I love shoes. I have. I, I'm a sneakerhead, but I'm not like a hype beast. If I don't like a shoe, I don't like a shoe. I'm not gonna buy it. And I'm a broke sneakerhead at that. I ain't bought shoes in a brick. <laughs> but I love shoes. And it really got me sneaking. Sneaking. <laughs> it really got me thinking. Just how big of an impact the shoe boom has on sports in general. And it really, to me... It really started. Well, so, all right. 
we're not talking about just shoes in general because there's always been moments in shoes like of course run dmc but that's that's more music of course we have when magic johnson and and larry bird came out with the i think there was the commandos that was huge for for sports but i think it the shoe boom really started with michael jordan once michael jordan came into the game and really started putting his fingerprint on the nba and his fingerprint on the shoe game you know with the ones and the threes and the fours and the fives and and hell even when he was playing baseball the man was dropping the tens the nines so I think Michael Jordan was the was the start of it. And I'm not saying he was the start of shoes, of course, but the start of the boom and it's just it just rose from there. And it got me thinking because of this. When many many people's like, wow, you know, why would he take a Supermax when he makes so much money off the off the court? Do you know most of that off the court money they're making are shoe deals? There are there are players now Nowadays, people can make more money on sneaker deals than NBA contracts. You look at players like Kawhi Leonard, who's making bank with with New Balance now. You look at DeMarcus Cousins, who's, who's making more money on a Puma deal than he's making for the Warriors right now. You look at LeBron James signing a billion-dollar life con- uh, lifetime contract with Nike. You're making. You're looking at Kevin Durant, who's north of six or uh, three hundred and sixty million dollars north. Like I said, with Nike. Hell, even D Rose. D Rose is who they don't even sell in the U.S. like that anymore. They're the fifth top shoe, top-selling shoe in overseas. Look at Curry's. Look at hell, even Anta. Even Lee Ning. What I'm saying is, it's not just, what I'm saying is, the shoe boom has affected sports in a way that I don't think we've ever, we ever saw coming. Look at NFL and the cleats. Odell Beckham has his, has signature cleats. Michael Jordan has signature cleats. Hell, uh, soccer even has signature cleats. Golf even has signature cleats. You look at you look at all the the NFL players that use their cleats for for I guess cause purposes. You know, like the 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 Wounded Warrior Foundation or the the Child Foundation. There was an NFL player that had. J. Cole KOD shoes yesterday. And and it's crazy because if you even look at look at Michael Jordan now. Michael Jordan has made more money on strictly shoes than he ever did as a basket as a physical basketball player. In fact, there was there was the thing that blew my mind and the thing that really jogged this unpopular topic of the week was 
Michael Jordan made more money in shoes last year, last year, than he's made in his entire career playing basketball combined. Just off shoes. Hell, Michael Jordan is the, the, the sponsor from Michigan now. He didn't even go to Michigan. And Georgetown. And Marquette. And of course, North Carolina. He went there though, so. And don't and call me crazy. But I think that the shoe boom has done more for athletes than athletes have done for the shoe boom. And what I'm saying is now, yes, you have athletes like LeBron James and KD and Kobe who are are really are really important to the shoe boom. Of course, with the LeBrons coming out and hell, even pennies and foams. But if shoes weren't as popular as they are, you wouldn't see players like LeBron James. That's, and I'm not saying that to say like he's trash or anything. I'm saying you wouldn't see players like LeBron James getting billion-dollar lifetime contracts. Or KD getting upwards of $360 million shoe contracts. Or Kawhi Leonard who ain't said five words and gave us the, the, the creepiest laugh of all time. He wouldn't be getting millions and millions off of new balances at that. Or DeMarcus Cousins who tore his ACL last year. Who hasn't played in the NBA since. Getting or being a feature athlete for Puma. The shoe boom and sports. Hell, Odell Beckham. There's they NFL players now have shoe deals. Joe Hayden. Vic Victor Cruz. Like I said, Odell Beckham Jr. Jalen Ramsey. What I'm saying is this. Hell, what? Soccer players. Mabeep. Neymar. Tiger Woods even came out with a with a with a golf cleat. <laughs> what I'm saying is this. Shoes and sports go hand to hand. Shoes wouldn't be as popular if it wasn't for sports. And sports wouldn't be as popular, or some athletes wouldn't be as popular if it wasn't for shoes. Hell, look at look at PJ Tucker. Nobody would give a hell. Nobody would give a goddamn what PJ Tucker was doing in the NBA if it wasn't for what shoes is he gonna wear today? PJ Tucker, his nickname is the Sneaker King. We don't give a damn that he's one of the best corner three-point shooters in the league. We don't care. Nobody even knew that until I said that. But we know that every night he's going to come with some exclusive shoes. And shoes, and, and the last thing I'm going to say is this. Shoes have gotten so big, it started, it started things. It started. Slam used to just be a basketball 
You realize that? Slam used to just be a basketball magazine. Now they have a entire magazine or a section called Slam Kicks. Which also uh, branched off and started another company called NiceKicks.com. Which also started things like the GOAT app or StockX or the sneaker boom on YouTube or, I mean, I mean, eBay or sneaker channels on YouTube. How many to I can type and I, and I do this. I do this myself. I can type in Jordan 1 review and I'll get a litany of people. Look at Fomer Simpson. Look at Jock Slade. Look at Bullet RC. Look at Tony Wild. Tony Too Wild. Or Tony D Wild. Look at what Kicks Genius used to be. What I'm saying is this without shoes a lot of things wouldn't be possible yes there would still be sports but call me crazy but sports have benefited from shoes more than shoes have benefited from sports and I didn't even talk about hip hop I just talked about sports because this is the unpopular podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, it's almost in the year, man. It's the 17th. We got two more Mondays. We have Christmas Eve and we have New Year's Eve. And while a lot of people will go on a break then, I have two special shows. I'm, 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 I'm cooking up in the kitchen, man. So, yes, I will be... Dropping an episode on Christmas Eve, and I will also be dropping an episode New Year's Eve. I want to thank you guys for listening. Again, this is the Unpopular Podcast. Uh, this is your boy, Jalen, where I give my unpopular opinion. I hope everybody has a great Monday, a great Tuesday, a great Wednesday, a great Thursday, a great Friday, and a great Saturday, great Sunday. Until next time, whenever you listen to it, I just hope that you listen. I don't care. This is on YouTube. The visual is on YouTube, of course. Uh, you have iTunes, you have SoundCloud, you have Stitcher now, and you have Spotify. I don't care how you tune in, just tune in. So again, this is the Unpopular Podcast, and I want to thank you for listening. Until next time, much love.
I just keep going with the flow. I just wanna go, call me some. I hit fair, fast, go shopping, no. She didn't wanna hit that bathroom. Hold that guard like a register. Keep it when I need that guapa door. Like I'm cash out, eat a papa door. Flow with no turtle, go lap go running and grab the door. Man, this shit never minimal, feel like an animal. Yeah, bitch, I try to keep me cool. 